I Suck at Dating, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hey, it's Help I Suck at Dating, and we've got some fine guest hosts here in the studio today. Hey! Hey! You know them as Jared and Kendall. I know them as Kendall and Jared, but please introduce yourselves. Um, Kendall, yeah. ladies first. Uh, yeah. My name's Kendall. Hi. And my name's Jared. Hi. <laughs> um, and I'm Chopped Liver. I'm so, Becca. Oh, yeah. Becca's still here. Oh, Yay. We have a hard time getting Becca out of the studio sometimes. So she never wants to leave. She's hanging out. Because, yeah, I sat uh, down in the third seat. <laughs> it's the best seat, though. It's, it's ahead of the table. I wanted that seat, and you stole it. Oh, you can take it. You don't want no, to I appreciate like it. Because I smell like gasoline. A little bit. <laughs> I sprayed gasoline on myself on the way here. I was like, I'm gonna fill my car up, and then it just like went all over my clothes. I, I thought weirdly, it was wonderful perfume. Yeah, I weirdly <laughs> like the smell of gasoline. Yeah, same here. Yeah. We actually were hoping, talking about that. Yeah, I was hoping that people here would like the smell of gasoline because I do reek of it right now. So. It, it is a really, really, really nice odor. Uh, so, <laughs> Thank you, Jared. We know you from Caitlyn's season of The Bachelorette. Yep. And uh, and Kendall, we know you from this most recent with Ari. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's so nice to have you guys here. Thank We're excited to hear about yeah. your experiences on, on those fine programs. Because, uh, you know, Dean, who normally hosts this show, uh, was on uh, The Bachelorette with Rachel Lindsay. So we have a nice Bachelor family we're kind of cultivating here. Uh, but, but I want to get to know you guys beyond what we saw on the show. So, um, you know, we, we, that's, what our, uh, that's what our plan is today. Uh, really quick. While we have Becca, while we still have you here, we were talking on Becca's show, which is Scrubbing with Becca Tilly. You can listen to that in iHeartRadio podcast uh, about da- uh, hooking up with siblings or cousins and kind of mm-hmm. dipping into the family when going for uh, a romantic uh, excursion. Just to clarify, not cousins hooking up with cousins, yeah, like, yeah. like a, a separate person from a separate family hooking up with one person from a family and then hooking up with another person from the same Being family. Complicated. Not family. Exactly. With, you know, not in the family. That's yeah. only in Arkansas and that's only for third cousins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know nothing about Arkansas, but just wanted to clarify. I don't even know if that's Arkansas, but yeah, Arkansas people are going to be mad. I, um, am from, I, I could say the same about Louisiana as well, which is where I'm from. So please don't yell at me or say anything bad to me. About people think of the same thing about Rhode Island. So totally, totally understandable. Yeah, sometimes cousins have chemistry. Yeah, you never know, right? <laughs> you can't help but you have chemistry with. Yeah. A lot in common, like genes and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like DNA. Yeah, you know, we're just compatible. It's science. But uh, but where do you guys stand on that? Like, if you if you date someone and then years down the line you. You maybe develop something with their brother or someone else. Like, is there any time where that's okay? Because it happened to me once, and I, it did not end very well. <laughs> Just really quick, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll give the short version of this. But um, I dated a young lady when I was in high school. Uh, she was my friend's older sister, actually. And uh, <laughs> it get, yeah, it gets it gets a little bit worse. Uh, we had a we had a nice time. We dated for a year, and then we broke up. And I stayed friends with her twin sister. We just mm. stayed friends with each other. And uh, years later. Uh, romantic feelings started to <laughs> rise to the surface, and we we hooked up uh, a couple times. How did it end with the previous sister? The uh, it didn't end badly. It just ended. And then you just stayed friends with her sister. Stayed friends with the sister. That's so interesting. How yeah. did that happen? It just was like, oh well, this isn't working out. But your sister's really cool, so I'll stay friends she, with her. Uh, still, she's pretty. Like, are they identical twins? Fraternal twins. Oh, okay. Oh, well, okay. I yeah. mean, as a twin myself, I actually am friends with one of the guys that my sister used to date. Not romantically. Yeah, but yeah. still friends. Well, just wait a couple of years because eventually yeah. it'll be romantic. It's not romantic <laughs> yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just give it time. time. Just still time. When you get really close, like as a twin, you get really close to you know everyone that's in your sister's life, and so I can understand that. Yeah, yeah. I, I felt kind of guilty about saying friends with her, but we had we really did have a good friendship, and it's it's something that I uh, I miss now because 
she uh, she developed some romantic, really strong romantic feelings for me, and uh, we hooked up. But I didn't, I, I I could not do that. I didn't want to date both sisters. I, you I felt, just wanted to hook up with one and date the even other. Even I had a line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I hooked up with her. She said she wanted to date me. I said I can't do that, and she said, "Well, goodbye." And we have not spoken since then. I don't know. That's so interesting though, because it's such a fine line. Because I understand why people wouldn't want to kind of step in that. But having said that, how many of us are single? So like, if you do find a connection with somebody, is it wrong to not act on it? That's the thing. What are your What are your thoughts about that? Being a twin sister, like mm-hmm. if you found a connection with a guy that your sister used to date. And you were like, well, I'm single. It's hard to find somebody that I really enjoy spending time with. And here's somebody that I actually really look forward to seeing. But I feel like I can't date them because they used to date my sister years ago. Don't you think as that like time goes on, kind of, you know, time Um, heals all wounds type thing? I think it would mainly, um, I would probably check in with my sister first. If my sister wasn't comfortable with it, I would no way do it. Right. But if she was said, oh, it's totally fine. We're friends now. Like it didn't end in a bad way. And um, she was open to it then I would feel like I had the green light. But other than that. Is it weird though? Because you're identical. Like your sister, are. y'all are identical twins. So <laughs> yeah. like in my head, if I had an identical twin, it'd be like, so he likes how I look, but mm. he doesn't like my personality. Well, it's true. <laughs> like he, he's like, oh, it's true. I, I'm physically attracted to her, but like there's something else missing. So I'm, I'm going to try the other twin. Well, we attract so. different kinds of people um, because our personalities are so kind of like puzzle pieces where we're opposite, but we kind of fit together yeah. in some yeah. weird way. Um, with guys, usually she'll actually be into guys that are more like me and I'll be into guys that are more like her in oh, a weird okay. way because we're used to that balance. Interesting. That makes That's sense. really interesting. Yeah. It makes sense though. I guess it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I never really thought of it in those terms. I know it's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing, but I find that we fill what the other person is lacking because we've grew up like together as like one in some way. Yeah. And so, you know, and I agree with what you said in terms of like going to your sister first and kind of not asking for permission, but just having an adult conversation about, okay, we found a connection. Can we see if this words goes? Like, how do you feel about this? Because like, if you get married to this guy, that's her, that's her brother-in-law. That's, you know, that's forever, hopefully. I mean, I've never, I've never dated anybody that my sister has dated um, and she hasn't dated anyone that I've dated. So I can't necessarily say how I would feel because I don't know how that would feel. But um, it would be a little weird. (laughs) Yeah. Do you ever have like twin intuition? Like, do you ever just like think and you're like, I know exactly what she's feeling and thinking right now? Oh, yeah, definitely. That's so cool. In the same room, I can look at her and know exactly what, how she's feeling. What if she gets like a paper cut? Do you feel it? (laughs) Yeah. Does it go deeper than that? Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of like the force from Star Wars. You just feel disturbance in the force. Something's wrong with my sister. (laughs) Well, one time when we were younger, um, my sister fell and hit her head on a table and I started crying. We were in opposite rooms. (gasps) Oh, wow. It hasn't happened since then, but I like to think that I feel you know, her feelings. Totally. Yeah, but that's like once is enough, no? Like, yeah, seriously. Feel once? Like, that's Proof enough. is there. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for hanging out, Becca. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Yeah. Security's waiting for you outside the okay, door. Okay, thank you. <laughs> but, uh, They're escorting me. So, scrubbing in with Becca Tilly, you can catch that on iHeartRadio. Thank you so much yeah. for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right, so getting to know you guys, mm-hmm. I, I reached out to you the other day and I asked, what's your biggest relationship issue? There's too many. Too many to name, really. Just one? Uh, yeah, four ba- four episodes of, uh, excuse me, four seasons of The Bachelor and still single. So obviously there's something wrong. Uh, <laughs> but um, but you guys, uh, you did come up with something, you know, really good stuff that people can really relate to. And I and you sent them to me. And I'd like to read them out loud if you don't mind. Of course. Uh, yeah. Jared revealed mm-hmm. to me that he lets insecurities get the best of him, which doesn't allow him to open up to women. And he's nervous about finding out that he's a train wreck. 
Well, I'm nervous about them finding out he's I'm a train wreck. Because, like, nobody knows yourself better than you, right? Like, I know every thought that's in my head. I know every action I take. And so when people are like, you're such a good guy. And I'm like, I, like, it's hard to, like, kind of live up to those expectations. And so I think it it's difficult for me at times because I think I let insecurities get the best of me. I think what I do really well is I put on a really good first impression. And so the first date or the first couple of dates go really well. And then after that, I have a very difficult time of, I hate this expression, but it's the truth, letting my walls down to a certain extent, not because there's something wrong with them or not because I'm not willing to take a chance, but more so I'm nervous about them finding out that I'm not the guy that they think I am. And that's a really hard thing for me to accept. And so there's this great quote that I, I love, and it's about, uh, it deals with kind of depression, actually. And it, it talks about like people being depressed when they try to become the Wizard of Oz, to put on this persona of who they think they are. When in actuality, they're just the sweaty guy behind the curtain desperately trying to hold everything together because one little slip and everything falls apart. So that's sometimes in my own dating life for the past few, I mean, for the past pretty much like six years, I've been single because I think I've had a very difficult time of kind of diving in uh, head first because um, I, I usually get in my own head and overthink things. And so with me, sometimes I'm like, I don't want them to know that I don't have my, you know, stuff together. And so... That's one of the one of my biggest issues with dating. And so I've been called out on it. I've had women call me out and say, like, you're not you're going to end up alone because you don't let anybody in. And I'm like, you're right. You're absolutely right. Well, it's interesting because when you're on the show, I think people have an expectation of who you are mm -hmm. because only a part of you is seen. And it is a dating show. So you're like, well, I this is how I am. And so I feel like maybe that also has a part to do with it as well. I think it does, too. But I've also had women now, whether they're telling the truth or not, I'm not really sure. But tell me, like, I have, you know, I've never seen the show. I, never, I don't know who you are. And so that's actually very appealing for me. But they've also, you know, I they've also been like, you seem like somebody that's very difficult to really because it's interesting because they're like, you're somebody who seems very vulnerable. And yet the complete like somebody that's also very shut off at the same time. And so I think for me, it's like I can be vulnerable about a lot of it, like a lot of things. I love to talk about other people. But when it comes to me, I don't like talking about myself. And I think that becomes that's it stems from my own insecurities about me. And so sometimes like I think I do, you know, I try the best of I, I try my best to not let those insecurities get the best of me. I try to stay confident. And what I try to do um, is live uh, I, I try to live my life kind of like Alan Gale's book you're not that great oh, yeah. where I instead of like building myself up and say this is what I deserve I try to say listen other people are having these same thoughts that you are like other people are insecure other people have doubts about themselves like yes they can put on a facade and, and confidence is great but people still have insecurities and so I try to think of it that way it's kind of like when you're in a school project and they tell you, imagine the entire audience naked, like if you have to do a presentation. <laughs> and the reason they do that is to make you feel comfortable. So you, you're kind of, so they feel embarrassed too, type thing. Because you go mm -hmm. up there and you're naturally going to feel shy and embarrassed. But if you see and you picture everybody naked, you're like, oh, that's silly. Like I can have fun with this. I and mean, I personally think that there's beauty in imperfection. I completely agree. Because then you're more relatable. If you're a perfect person and um, it's almost like impenetrable, like emotional, emotionally, then... I feel like people don't, they don't really want to, they find it really hard to dive into love for that person. But mm -hmm. the imperfection is the thing that makes you beautiful. Totally. But I think I hear from a lot of girls too, like, oh, he's so good looking or he's so mysterious or he's so charming and he's so like mysterious. confident. And that's like what they're so attracted to. And here I am being like, oh, I, I like Star Wars. Do you like Star Wars too? And it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. I mean, I think just putting it all out there, you know, just like being like beautifully broken.
Like, I love that. Like, I like just, I, I think the one thing that I um, was trying to do while I was on the show or in just in any relationship in general is I try to just like be so purely myself that really they're kind of, it's like either you take it or you leave it. But do you think that scares people away? Um, I mean, it, ha- it hasn't yet. I mean, sometimes. That's good. I mean, sometimes I'm not people's cup of tea. I totally mm-hmm. get it. But yeah. um, let me say this about Kendall. We've all met a couple times, <laughs> but Kendall, not only are you strikingly beautiful, but you oh. are strikingly intelligent. Thank you. And so I consider myself a conversationalist, but you are somebody that like, you are right there. Like you are on beat. Oh, I really it's, appreciate that. You're very welcome. You're very intelligent. It's <laughs> it's you. something that's it comes out of you very, like it's like a really good first impression. Well, you as well. I mean, I think that one thing that I, we were talking a little bit earlier and the one thing that was refreshing is that it's so difficult to find people that you feel like uh, challenged with, mm-hmm. you know? And so um, that's one thing that I also have trouble with dating is like, I like to be, be with someone that I feel like I'm not talking at, I'm talking with. Did you feel challenged with Ari? <laughs> <laughs> I know that's a deep um, question, but hey, gotta ask. No, I mean, of course, uh, I felt like with Ari, we were so focused on just having fun and making, mm-hmm. I was kind of, I think our relationship was like the escape from all the crazy serious talks. I really don't think we had a lot of really serious conversations. Um, and I, in a way, I mean, it wasn't that I didn't feel, ch- I felt challenged emotionally, mm-hmm. definitely. I felt like I, um, in relationships, I tend to be very, um, uh, I think I just tend to be like a little bit guarded in the sense where I don't really like to let myself go emotionally. Mm-hmm. And um, with him, I was definitely challenging that. Oh, totally. I think going into the bachelor world, it forces you to make those challenges and really open yourself up because if you don't open yourself up, you're on that bus ride home night one. And that's the last place you want to be. And so if you don't open up and let yourself kind of fall into the process, then Mm -hmm. you're done. And so I think The Bachelor really forces you to do that. And with me, with Caitlin, it was actually very intimidating. I'll never forget my first night. I was almost not certainly not scared of Caitlin. That's an over-exaggeration. But like she is very similar where she is so witty and so funny and obviously strikingly beautiful. And it's just like everything that you say, she's got something coming back at you. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, like she's way cooler <laughs> than me. I don't know, like I'm supposed to be the charming one. I'm going home. And then of course, like as time goes on, they just become, you know, everything becomes normalized and you have conversations, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But, um, but that's cool. That's very interesting to hear. And Kendall, that actually leads into your answer for your, you know, when your relationship issues, if we can call it that, that you, uh, you're afraid to lose yourself in a relationship and you do feel guarded and you find it difficult to, to balance family and friends with romantic relationships because you're going to get really wrapped up with the other Mm -hmm. person. Is that something that you've always kind of had problems with? Um, Yeah. I mean, I I, I love people. I tend to like give myself so much to relationships because um, I just want to find out everything about the person. And I have all these crazy questions and I tend to just get wrapped up in that world. And um, I'm extremely close with my family and friends. I have a very awesome support system and um, their relationships suffer sometimes because I just like dive so much into it. You wait, you, your relationship suffers or their relationships, their relationship suffers with me. I mean, it's oh, okay. So also, like you're the type of girl. No, I'm not judging, but like you're the <laughs> you're are you the type girl. of you're that girl that if you get a boyfriend, you are with them all the time, and you never see your fan family and friends again. No. So what it is is that um, I, I I think I I always put other people's feelings kind of above my own in some sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I am in a relationship, I feel like well, first of all, my parents um and my friends have never really liked anyone that I've dated. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> there's some people. Hmm. There's some some of the guys that they've liked. Um, but. I think the guys I really get into are the ones that they don't really like as much. So I almost feel like it's a challenge where um, am I choosing them or am I choosing my friends and family or the person I'm in a relationship with? Why is that? Are they kind of like the rebel or the bad boy? Do you like the bad boys? Um, I mean, I've definitely dated like the quote unquote bad boy, but it's not so much that. I think I tend to, I tend to date people who are, um, I guess, like 
that don't have a strong friend group as well. Interesting. So they're kind of loners. I, you know, I don't want to label them as loners. It's more well, so that more yeah, independent. I'm, yeah, right? okay. I see what you're saying. More independent, totally. Yeah, more independent. I mean, um, I have, like, my family and friends are very overwhelming. It's like a very big group. So when I introduce someone to that world, I think they could be a little intimidated by that. And then whenever I hang out in a group with my significant other, I kind of just, I kind of just leave them alone. I go with my family and friends and hang out with them. And I tend to have my more like one-on-one time. Totally. So you're like a guy who's like a one-man wolf pack, as they say. <laughs> I mean, I, I want them to be able to, I mean, the problem that I've had with dating is that people that I date, they don't necessarily, they can't really be on their own. Mm-hmm. You know, like I want someone that can be in a group of my friends and family and not feel intimidated and actually be curious to learn about them. Totally. I've, I've always said too, the type of girl that I want is somebody that really is the life of the party. Like somebody that can come into my circle of friends and family and just fit right in and also not only fit in, but somebody that my family and friends are like, I want to hang out with them. Exactly. Like even at times being like, yeah, I want to t- I want to hang out with your girlfriend and not you because that's OK <laughs> with me because that means that they love them and yeah. they, they see why I love them as well. Exactly. So that's certainly I can totally, um, you know, agree with you on that aspect. Because yeah. then, I, then I feel guilty. I feel guilty that um, who do I give time to? Like I see the person that I'm dating and they're kind of sitting by themselves, not mm-hmm. really interacting with anybody. I'm like, do I I go to cater to that? But at the same time, it's like. When you're in a relationship with somebody, you see them a lot. Totally. I remember one of my former relationships uh, was some conversations we had was that she had a very difficult time balancing that because her family, she had one sister. They were super close. um, And then uh, a single mom as well that she was super close with. And so like here comes a guy, you know, who's kind of taking their sister away from them a little bit. And so she was always she even told me one time she was like, listen, I need to put you on the back burner. I need you to be second place right now because I need to put my mom and sister first because they I'm spending so much time with you that they just feel like I, they don't know who I am anymore. And plus, this was also college. She was going away from college. She was spending time with her boyfriend. She didn't like have a lot of time to spend with her mom and sister. And so I remember I'll never forget that conversation because we just talked about it. And as a guy like that, obviously, like. You know, brought well, out some I just don't like that too. conversation. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, not, not oh, saying it was not great. Saying it was, no, I mean, not saying it was a bad conversation. Just yeah. saying the idea that it's almost like a challenge between your love for people. Of course, you know, like I don't. I mean, it's it's not a competition. And if it if you like make it a competition, then it, then it's in your head. Totally. And I also think like life is just about balance. That's I'm a firm believer in balance. And you have to find balance within your life, your career, your love, your family, your friends, whatever your hobbies are. Like everything is about balance. And so I totally agree in terms of love, like balancing. Okay, I love this person more than anything. I want to spend the rest of my life with them. Having said that, I also love my family and friends and I want to show that love by spending time with them. Like one of my five love languages is quality time. So Mm -hmm. like that is a big thing for me. Um, So it's it's always difficult. It's always going to be hard. But I think one aspect of relationships that is kind of being overlooked is sacrifice like people are free i I feel like in today's world because there's so many options especially being you know having a single life in in los angeles holy moly like it's a sucks dating in la i will say it's horrible right because there's so many (laughs) options the idea of dating in la this is what a date in la is you're at dinner with another person and then the person is not looking at you they're looking over their shoulder at other options because they're looking to see if something is better out there and that is los angeles dating like, I, it's just, there's, well, I think it's just so, there's a lot of sparkly things, you know? There's, there's so many of, sparkly there's things, There's so many right? sparkly things. There's a lot of attractive people in LA and it's great, but at the same time, it's, uh, I, I mean, when I was using dating apps, um, I feel like it'd be very difficult to 
put a lot of work into one relationship because, oh, so there's something else. And it doesn't really matter if there's a little bit of trouble here. I can just move on and not have to worry about that. Totally, of course. And then like people are making up excuses to break up with people, not because they don't want to be with that person, but because there are so many options. There's almost too much to choose from. They're like, oh, their second toe is bigger than their big toe. So I can't <laughs> be with them. I'm going to go on you know, my dating well, app and be exposed to thousands of good looking people. And LA is not really a relationship city. I mean, no. I'm just traveling around. I went to Barcelona and that's a relationship city. Like there's so many beautiful couples, like amazing things to do as a couple. And in LA, they're really, I mean, you can go hiking, but even hiking is kind of like a singles activity here. Yeah. You don't like bowling? Bowling on a first <laughs> date? I'm a big bowler. Ha- I have a bad experience with bowling if you saw if you saw my season. Oh, really? Oh, I oh, forgot yeah. about that. I can't believe I brought that up. Oh, wow. what a coincidence. Holy moly. Uh, yeah, that was an interesting night. Well, we have a life coach on the line, actually, to help out with all these uh, all these questions. This is Cherie Healy, and she is a certified life coach. She's on, uh, Cherie, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hi, Excellent. Cherie. Hello. Hi. So you're on with uh, with Jared and Kendall here, and uh, I understand Hi, we, we sent you in uh, their relationship insecurities. Yes, you did. Excellent. I'm so we're, glad to be here. We're excited to hear what you have to say. Mm, I'm nervous. We, yeah, we need some coaching. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who's the bravest? Who's going first? You know, I find that uh, Kendall's very brave, oh, so she okay. can go I first. You were gonna, <laughs> you're gonna go for it. No, nope. okay, I'm ready. Bring it on. Okay. Well, here's what came up for me when I read what you wrote, Kendall. Tell mm-hmm. me, what is the thing that's most important to you in life? Um, I think the most important thing to me is I want people that I'm surrounded with to be happy. I want everyone to have a positive experience. Like, I don't know, right. with love. In general right okay what does that give you when you get to be around everyone who's happy when you get to provide that for them what does it give to you um, I think it just makes life more enjoyable I mean I am happy when other people are happy and I'm not really a drama person I like to avoid that at all costs <laughs> so um, when other people are happy I just feel like it's I mean I'm living life the way I'm supposed to be living it as opposed to focusing on I just I don't know all the drama of all the things right so you have a strategy with relationships that says you have to make someone else happy at all costs. Yeah. Yeah. And where does that leave you? Um, I think it just, <laughs> I think it just leaves me. Um, I mean, I really don't focus a lot on how I'm feeling with things because I, I want to be sensitive to other people and I don't want to come across as like selfish or that I'm not caring about someone else um, in a relationship because I, I mean, I've been called on that, but called out on that before. Right. Right. So it leaves, like you said, your strategy is to make others happy because you would then be able to be in a more enjoyable life. You would be able to relax. It sounds like and be happy. Exactly. Yes. But that's not what's happening, right? No, usually it ends up being a tug of war battle between um, trying to make family and friends happy and then also trying to make my significant other happy. It's like a competition. Right, right. And then you have this blueprint now, this idea of relationship that it means you have to give up everything, (laughs) you know, and fully focus on this one person. And then at the end, you know, you might have nothing left. So Mm. no wonder you don't want to go into relationships. (laughs) All alone and done for. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds fantastic. (laughs) I think we'd all be single if that were the case. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, that's why I've had like a lot of trouble dating because I almost feel like it becomes that it becomes a competition. And then by me continuing the relationship, I'm choosing the relationship over my family and friends, which isn't necessarily a competition I even want to have. No, no. So here, okay. What I would call you is a professional giver. 
You know, like that's like the greatest compliment I've ever heard. I mean, I think it's like a double-edged sword. I want to be a professional <laughs> giver, it, right? But it is. It is a total double-edged sword. And what's tricky is when you're in a relationship with someone who's masculine, they are in their in their highest and their best, right? They want to give to you, mm-hmm. and so you're getting into this like outgiving competition. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. thing that men look for in relationship is a woman who can receive what they want to give. I don't know. I don't know if I, I mean, that that doesn't really seem balanced to me. Yeah. It's, it's a dance, right? It's never going to be like total 50, 50, Mm -hmm. but the ideal relationship is one where both partners are giving 100%. Like you're both giving tons, right? But the trick for you is to like, I would just go with what you're good at. If you're a professional giver, let's just make you an even better giver. And this is like a big one for me because I'm same and so many mm-hmm. people I work with want to change the world and want to do great things for others. You're kind hearted, you know, but to take it to the next level, you've got to take on this belief that the more you want to give, the more you need. Mm-hmm. Like I always go to Oprah, like, right. She didn't build this incredible multimedia conglomerate to change the world without any help. Mm-hmm. She wanted to make a giant impact. So she needs a lot of support. So the more you want to give happiness to others, the more you need to keep all of that energy flowing, right? Cause if you get stuck and you get shut down and you're not getting what you need, you know you're going to pull back, and then you're getting this tug of war and this competition, which just has you not living from your heart and not feeling like you have what you want to give. I guess my question is like, how do I keep you? I'm mean, how am I supposed to be aware of that? Like, what do I do in a situation um, to change that? Because I naturally feel like you know I want to give, but in other words, like, am I supposed to more so like focus on giving to like myself? Or I yeah, I guess it's just difficult to me yeah. for me to get into that mindset. Right. Well, if you think about it, like, you know, everybody always talks about putting the oxygen mask on first, you know, if you're in a crash. Or helping others. I read the pamphlet. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. I've been Uh on Southwest once or twice. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So in any situation to get it really practical and to have that mindset, you're thinking, if I want to be the ultimate giver for this person and really make this person happy, then it also depends on my happiness. And you're constantly checking in with yourself and saying, what do I need and what would make me happy? Because most likely the person that you're with is a lot like you. They also want to give to you. And if you're not giving them a chance to actually experience the joy of making you happy, Mm -hmm. then you've got this super lopsided thing. And I would sometimes call people out on that and say, Mm -hmm. it's a little selfish. Yeah. I mean, it's also the communication that I have with people that I love. Like, how do I let them know what I want with, you know, in in a way that doesn't make me seem because I I think I tend to to have it build up. I build up over time. And after a while, I'm just like, well, I'm going to choose this person because I like them. And it's not the way I want to communicate. Right. Right. And we do that. We like store up. I mean, it's an amazing thing. How many like little hurts and little resentments we build up and then we explode. And then, you know, the relationship could be over. So it's generous, right? It's another giving act to say to somebody before you get upset, hey, you know what? It would make me so happy if fill in the blank. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, that's, that's like magical words for the guys. Am I right? Like, wouldn't it be so nice if she just told you what would make her happy? Yes. Yeah, of course. No, absolutely. That's uh, I was reading a study and the number one reason why relationships fail is lack of communication. And it's so true right. because for some reason we... 
I don't know. I mean, as a guy, sometimes I feel very difficult to express like, okay, this is what I like. This is what I don't like. This is what makes me happy. This is what makes me sad. Because it, it's 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 a balance, right? It's a fine line because you want to accept the person that you love for all their flaws because that's who they are and that's who you love. Having said that, like sometimes that's, you know, uh, it can be over time. I don't know how to describe it. Like you don't want somebody to change, but having said that, you still want to vocalize, be like, well, this is something that I don't like. So I don't want you to change, but I feel like I should tell you. So it's a very fine line, I feel. And I, yeah. I, I agree with Kendall where it's 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 very, how do I articulate that? Yeah. How do I tell somebody like, okay, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. And yes, you can put it out in the universe, but I think it just takes, it takes a lot of guts to express what you want. It really does. Well, I'm also afraid of hurting people's feelings like constantly. Yeah, of course. Right. I don't want to say something that would that would lead people to believe that I value someone else over them. Um, you know, because it's not it shouldn't be like that. It's not a competition. Um, right. Yeah. I think if you lead with what is it that you ultimately want, like I really want to feel close to you, or mm-hmm. I want to protect our relationship, or I don't want to end up in a week really resentful. So, mm-hmm. can I tell you something that's like really hard for me to share right now? Mm-hmm. You know, being vulnerable, and this is. Uh, what I wanted to share with Jared too is, is like the new superpower. I mean, oh my God, I know it is. I'm Superman. (laughs) See, if you want to read all the studies too, like Brene Brown, the author of Daring Greatly is the queen of vulnerability. And it's really become like a thing that we're realizing that it is the gateway to everything that we really want to just be real with each other. Like Mm -hmm. the society, the culture we live in right now doesn't want the perfect and the polished and all the fakey fake, right? We want real, we want like a human being. And that takes this, ton of courage right yeah no i've i've always said that uh vulnerability is a sign of strength not weakness 100 mm-hmm. percent. so you could share that kennel just saying like this is super hard for me and i'm not good at this yeah but i know that it's going to make me a better girlfriend i know that you're going to be with a happier woman and frankly i think any guy is in relationship to do one thing if he really cares about you he wants to make you happy and i agree so with that you, oh i'm sorry yeah. sure you go yeah. If you lead with that, then I think it'll be well received. And I think, you know, any relationship that I, I'm in, of course, like my ultimate goal is to make my girlfriend, fiance, wife, life partner happy. And so for her yeah. to just come to me and say, listen, this is what I want. This is what means the most to me. Um, yeah, I, I think it would be a really wonderful conversation to have. You know, what I think it's funny. I think ours relates in some sense is that um, we don't we want to live up to the expectation that other people have of us. Totally. You know, I want to live up to the expectations of my friend and family. You want to live up to the expectations of, you know, people that you're dating. Um, so it's, it's just, just people in my life, you yeah, know, it's friends, a family, of yeah. the people that I value their opinion on. I want to be the guy that they think I am, you know. Yeah. And so yeah. um, and I try really hard, but I think it's 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 a tough thing to accept, you know, the idea of maybe you're not as uh, as as you know, as wonderful as other people think you are. Cause like nobody knows yourself better than you. I said that earlier, but it's, it's true. So like there, that's where insecurities come in. That's where I mean, doubts come in. I think it almost starts with, I know this is like, seems one of those cliche things, but like loving who you are, like loving your imperfections and embracing those and feeling like, right. hell yeah, I would date myself. Yeah. You know, oh, absolutely. You have to love your imperfections. Yeah. I 100% right. agree, but I'm not saying that's easy. No, of that's the only not. thing I'm not. Yeah. So, Jared, have you ever had the experience of being in a relationship with someone who did share an insecurity and it just made you like adore on her even more? Uh, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's just, I've, of course, I've grown to become more attracted 
uh, uh, not only emotionally, but physically as well to somebody that can just embrace their imperfection and say, I love it. And it's like, yeah, I love it too. That's <laughs> sexy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we as women want that from you too. I don't think any of us expect to have like the 100% hero 24-7. Like mm-hmm. that would also make us feel like we had to be perfect and all that. Yeah. And if you were to share some more, you know, and, and let more of you come out, what that does is that gives a woman the thing that she wants the most, right? So a man wants to be able to make his partner happy and a woman who identifies feminine, right? She wants connection. She wants to know you. She wants to get up all in there and like know all the things. She can get up all up in there. Well, I also feel like it's um, wanting to see yourself in someone else. And by expressing your imperfections, you're able to, they're able to connect with you because they're like, oh, that's, I feel that way too. Or I have those insecurities too. And then you feel like you can relate on that level. Yeah. What I've always done is, you know, with any girl that I've ever dated, with any insecurity that she has, I will reassure her, I mean, over and over and over again. She's like, I, I hate my elbows. And I'm like, I love your elbows and I'll kiss their elbows or, you know, whatever, right? Whatever insecurity they have, I want to make sure that like, no, you're great. You're wonderful. But what I don't do is I don't talk about a lot, a lot of my own insecurities. And I mm. think that's something that I need to start doing because I do think that there is a relatability factor where you're like, well, like I'm insecure about something and he reassures me, which is wonderful, but he's also insecure about something too. And that makes me feel more comfortable around him. And so I think, you know, not only myself, but a lot of guys in general, because I, you know, I grew up on the East Coast. I grew up like a lot of, uh, you know, my, my father is the most wonderful man I've ever met in my entire life. But of course, you know, he's very, he's a man's man, you know, like, you know, he doesn't talk about his emotions a lot. And as he gets older, actually, he starts talking a lot more about his emotions and his feelings, which is the most endearing and adorable thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It really is. Oh, man. Yeah. Like I've taken a lot of lessons from my parents because my parents at a young age, it wasn't always great. They got young. Like my my mom got married when she was 20. My dad was 27. So she was very young. She had my sister at 22. So like everything happened so quickly. Right. And so you get married at a young age, like, and they had a wonderful marriage and very loving, but of course there was bad times and sometimes fights and so on and so forth. And now I've seen how love changes. That's something that I've, we talked about a little bit earlier, Mm -hmm. Kendall and I, about how I do believe that love changes at the beginning. There is this puppy love stage and like you're doing laundry with somebody or dishes and it doesn't matter. Everything is so fantastic because you're just with that person. It's lustful and it's fantastic. And then like that's going to fade over time. And that doesn't mean it's bad though. I just think that love changes. Like you're going to go through through some things and there's going to be bad times in the relationship and yeah. there's going to be, you know, and hopefully not bad fights, but there's going to be disagreements. And then like, there's right. going to be challenges, whether that be external challenges or internal challenges between you and this other partner. And so I think if you can get past those challenges and those obstacles together as a, as a team, I think love changes at that point. And I think I've seen that in my parents because now I look at my parents and I don't think I've ever seen them love each other more than they do right now because they've gone through it. Like they've had a marriage and they've fought and then they've loved each other and they've gone through, you know, people in their family dying and they've been through like so much stuff together. There's so many shifts in love. Exactly. Well, the one thing is I, I mean, I've never been in a relationship longer than 10 months. Ugh. I mean, I have not a bad thing. But at the same time, it's hard for me because I've never experienced like that next level of love Mm -hmm. where you have a whole puppy stage and everything's all happy and hunky dory. And then you get to like the hard stage. And I'm not necessarily sure if it's because I'm dating the wrong kind of people. And I feel like, oh, I don't see myself marrying this person. So I don't want to waste their time or my time. Or I'm the kind of person that is afraid to actually take the next step. And maybe I should put more effort towards something. 
I, I agree though because there is a there is a line right there is this bump in a relationship where you're like okay like it's getting to the point where we're out of puppy stage love and now like things are getting very very deep and things are getting very intense and like we either get over this bump and really tr- push past this and I think like that's when like three or four or five year relationships that's how it really happens or you mm-hmm. kind of break up and you you start all over again into the next puppy love phase and then you know you it's kind of like a recycling thing yeah. and so yeah. um i don't know it's well, all very know, interesting it'd be, it'd be amazing i think if more people led with at the beginning of a relationship or you know sort of early on what they're really looking for cuz to have a brave person in the relationship go like you don't scare me you know, nothing you can say or do is going to push me away. I really want to know you. Or I want to go past that initial puppy love stage. Like, that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm looking for. That really could open it up and have that person sort of get with you on yeah. that goal. You I know? feel like that I think would a scare me. Would it? You don't think I mean, it would? A, you don't, no, you don't seem the type me. of person that gets scared easily, Kendall. I never get scared. Yeah. No, <laughs> if I think of somebody, I mean... The thing that scares me is questioning in my mind, is this someone that's just not meant, I'm not meant to be with, or is this someone that I'm not putting enough effort in? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fine, like, it's hard to tell. Yeah. It's really difficult to tell. Mm-hmm. Right. What are your thoughts on right. that, Sherry? Like, well, how do you know? I think it's an interesting thing. You know, there's, there's a saying, I've studied so many different, um, sources, you know, to try to figure this whole relationship and life thing out. And there's an ancient teaching that says, if you're going to pursue something, if you're going to go for uh, a goal of any sort, your likelihood for success should be pretty high. Like you should have a sense that this person is going to go there with you or they're willing, they're open, they're, they're, teachable, right? Mm-hmm. Something is there that's giving you an inclination that it is possible. Mm-hmm. And if not, it can be your undoing. You know, like people stay in marriages sometimes way too long because they think this person's going to change, mm-hmm. you know, and then it really takes a toll. Yeah. It's something probably your parents figured out, Jared, you know, that they knew that they had enough history and foundation and open-heartedness to keep going and it's so amazing like how your dad has shown you too like a whole new definition of masculine as he's gotten older totally i 100 percent agree and i think you get to take that on like in your relationships there's there's sort of two ways that we can go about things we can go sort of human animal like when we're just fight or flight and survival mode that's kind of from the amygdala the reptilian brain or we can go like full-on um heartfelt like freedom human human spirit you could mm-hmm. say like and we we make all our decisions from the heart or the prefrontal cortex right and you sometimes when you get afraid or Kendall or any of us when we get triggered or we think this person's not going to be happy with us and I don't know if we're going to make it you could go into the fight or flight instinct right and just hold back mm-hmm. which makes more holding back happen versus going you know what I know that we're in a new a new day and age right now, and I know my dad's showing me a more real sense of what it is to be a man, and I'm going to, like, go into this. I'm going to get closer to her, and I'm going to get vulnerable, and I'm going to show her who I am like he's just shown me. Yeah, and I agree, and, not only just showing you know? a, a new sense of him being a man, but just him being a human. Um, human, exactly. And so, gender. Exactly. And so I also think, like, we were talking about being upfront at the beginning of the relationship. I also think what 
uh, a lot of people do is they don't value um, other people's opinions or like uh, they don't like um, understand that other people are able to handle the truth. Like, and mm -hmm, that's something mm -hmm. we were talking about earlier about hurting people's feelings. Like, yeah. and I go through the same thing. I'm very terrified of hurting someone's feelings. But what I need to do is I need to accept the fact that like they can handle that. You know, they will be able to handle me telling them how I feel. Um, and so I, I try to always think about that to think like, no, they're stronger than I'm. I'm that's actually really important. Am. Yeah. I like that point because yeah. I am always afraid that they won't be able to handle it. Although I know that they're a strong person, they can handle it. Yeah. I almost don't want to put them through the having to handle that. No, exactly. Well, and I, I, I totally agree. True. But you know, what would be amazing. Like my definition or my sort of goal for a relationship is very simple. It's to love and be loved. Mm -hmm. Right. That's why we get into relationships at any point in our lives. Otherwise we'd all be single. And so if you were to share something that could be um, something that would hurt them, you know, because, Maybe it feels like you're putting yourself first. If you share it with a whole lot of love, like you hand it to them with your heart and you say, this is hard for me. It could be really hard for you. I love you. I don't want to hurt you. You know, with all that, it's going to land beautifully. And I trust like you guys are in this for a reason that it's only going to make you two better lovers. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I don't think there's, do you think that there's anything wrong if it doesn't land beautifully? This is true. If it doesn't land beautifully, then that's evidence, right? That's something for you to go, hmm, you know, do we have an opening here to keep growing and keep cut, getting closer? Or is this, is this some learning? Is this person showing me who they are? Mm -hmm. Because there are some people who, yeah, will be scared by you, who won't be able to hold you, who may not be interested in making you happy. And that's something to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Mm. Very interesting. Yeah, because sometimes I think a lot of people focus on saying, what am I not doing right? What am I not, you know, what am I missing? Where maybe it's something that the other person is missing as well. Well, I think, it's, I think it's two extremes. Yeah. I think people either go one extreme where they go, like you just said, what am I doing wrong? Or they go to the complete other extreme and they're like, well, everything that's wrong in this relationship is because of them and I'm perfect. And it's usually <laughs> somewhere in the middle, yeah. right? Just yeah. like, you know, there's two sides to every story. The truth take. usually lies in the middle. And I agree with relationships. Like, I, I, you know, it's, it's a partnership. It's, it's sacrifice and it's, it's loving and it's happiness and sadness and being able to put work and effort into a relationship. Um, and so that's kind of what love is, you know, it's just, it's right. hard to even put into words. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so that's much. Cool Cherie. Talk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Getting real here. Yeah. yeah. Dude, <laughs> such great stuff. If, uh, if people out there want to hear more from you or get in touch with you, where can we point them? Oh, the, my website would be the easiest. It's SheriHealy.com. And I call myself a possibilitarian. So if you just oh, look like up that. possibilitarian and my name's spelled C-H-E-R-I-E, -E, then, um, yeah, I'm all about just helping people get what they want and, when you get what you want, then you usually have a really great life, which has a ripple effect and helps others do the same. So beautiful. Everybody wins. You guys. Well, thank you so much thank for coming so on the much. show. Thank you. Absolutely. Have a great day, guys. You too. Have a great one. Thanks, Sherry. Okay. Bye. You know, thinking about getting what you want and everyone kind of uh, helping each other out to, to get what they want, it makes me think about these, this place I know that's so cool. It's called ThreadUp. And, uh, I love thrift store stuff. Me yeah, too. it's, it's so up. cool. Huge fan of thrift store stuff. Thrift store stuff is really cool, and there's so many hidden treasures you can find. But what's the worst part about going to a thrift store? 
having to sort through bins and racks and everything. I mean, all the unorganization. Definitely. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it takes you four cool. hours to find the one shirt that you've been looking for. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Like a scavenger hunt. Yeah, and and while that's exciting and adventurous, sometimes you just don't have the time or the energy. So ThreadUp exhausting has taken all of that out. I I actually just recently used ThreadUp, um, and one thing that I really liked about it, I was able to kind of narrow it down. So instead of going to a thrift store and there's all this crazy stuff going everywhere, um, ThreadUp is really good because when you go online, you can have more of an organized way of looking at it. Like all the dresses are in one area, all the shirts are in another area, different brands, you know, different sizes, different colors. So it really just narrows down to what you really want. They've got a really like a lot of high end stuff too. Like uh, I mean, Kate Spade handbags for thirty dollars, J Crew jeans for twelve dollars. I bought my wife a Theory uh, denim jacket that was I, I thought it was brand new. I mean, like they say this stuff is you know it's pre loved like they mm-hmm. say, but um it goes through a crazy inspection process. So when you get when you get the item, it really a lot of it still has tags on it. Like mm-hmm. it's in really great condition. That's uh, one of the other great things about ThreadUp is that um it's not. You're looking for vintage stuff, but mm-hmm. also you get new stuff at a discounted price. Yeah, totally. I already know what I'm getting my sister for Christmas. Kate Spade. Kate Spade <laughs> yeah. bag. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, those things can really set you back, but not with Thread Up, baby. Yeah, everything is, I mean, it's a really awesome discount, which is good. The reason why I love thrift stores is because um, I'm pretty cheap. So I love going, getting things that are good quality. And also, like, if I, I can spend the same amount of money going to like a cheaper store, but it's not as good of quality and it won't last as long as something that is cheaper, just secondhand. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, recycle, reuse, close the loop. It's, it's yeah. all part of keeping the planet healthy. Uh, ThreadUp is offering our listeners from Help I Suck Dating an extra 30% off their first order. You just go to threadup.com slash Dean, D-E-A-N. That's ThreadUp and that's T-R-E-D-U-P.com slash Dean. You can get an extra 30% off already crazy discounts. So, uh, Got to check out ThreadUp, everybody. It is the best. Check it out. All right, you guys. So we got some emails here. Our little grade, they email us all the time with their problems and uh, with things that they want our advice on. And yeah. I was... Thank so, you for listening to this podcast, by the way. Yeah. yeah uh, is, thank you. If you're listening out there, thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> if you can hear our voices, we are full of gratitude. Yes. yes. Uh, so since I've got both you guys here, I was thinking I'll read an email and I kind of wanted to get like... Kendall's perspective and then Jared's ideas mm. like uh, he said Ooh. she said kind of a thing I like this yeah so uh battle on this this, <laughs> this first one on. is kind of about the bro code to Ooh, kind of get those okay. juices flowing uh help last weekend a friend of mine invited me to dinner with her boyfriend and two of their guy friends the next day we had all plan on going to a bar crawl together for St. Patrick's Day I was fairly interested in one of the guys from dinner the night before we'll call him guy number one and was excited to get to know him more the five of us played drinking games in preparation for the crawl until the guy I was interested in started feeling sick and went home. I ended up hooking up with the other guy, guy number two. Keep in mind, guys number one and two are really good friends. My question is, what is the bro code? Am I still interested in getting to know guy number one? Should I squash that idea and take an L for the weekend? Was this the or was this one time thing okay? And guy number two could look past it, even though he's interested. I'm 24 for reference, and that's from Anonymous. <clears throat> My first question is, what's wrong with guy number two? Like, you hooked up with him. Is there not a connection? Like, do you not want to pursue that? That's my first... I think she's more interested in guy number one. But yeah. how was things with guy number two? Like, obviously, they weren't that good well, if she's still, like... Yeah. I wonder if it's one of those situations that she's so fixated on guy number one that she hooks up with guy number two, and it's still just like, no, 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 I want guy number one, even though maybe guy number two, there's, like, a better connection, but she's just not even looking in that general direction. you can't deny, direction. like, you're instantaneous attraction you know like something feels right there's a certain energy with someone um my opinion just with my friends girl code same thing as guy bro code um i 100 percent don't usually what i do is um if 
multiple girls are into one guy. We'll kind of sit back and see which one he, you know, kind of is a little more drawn to. And then mm. as soon as um, he's drawn to one person, we'll step back. And I think there's something to be said about not intermingling that. Like, I, I don't know. I don't, it's, it's about hurting feelings. And for me, it's like my girlfriends, um, they are the ones that last forever. If it's just going to be like a hookup, um, not like true love kind of thing, then I never risk that. And it's so hard to judge too, because hookup is such a vague term. You're right. Like, did you guys did you guys sleep together? Did you just make out? Was it a, a like kind of like a drunken kiss, or did it go further than that? Like that's the thing about like when somebody's like, oh, I hooked up with a friend, and it was like, well, what does that exactly true. mean? I, hooked up with a friend? Actually, I had a debate like, what is hooked up? Because to me, I think hooked up is like kissing. I think it's sex. Oh. See oh, right yeah, there. There's gonna, a communication. Like, yeah, I was gonna say sex too. It's like really? when, if I made, if I kiss somebody, I'd be like, oh, I made out with them. I wouldn't yeah. say I hooked up with them. I'd say, oh, I made out with them. I mean, I never use that terminology. Like, I never say <laughs> yeah. hooked up. You never so, say hooking up, bro. I don't say hooking bro up. Bro code, hooking up. <laughs> I don't know what. Yeah, so maybe that's why I'm more naive to what hookup actually means because it's not part of my vocabulary. That's so. the tough part, exactly. Because yeah. like, if I because if I said I hooked up with somebody, I feel like that automatically people think like automatically it went further than a kiss. So yeah. if like I wanted people to know like, no, we, we made out. Mm-hmm. Like we made out. That's very specific. Like people know exactly what I'm talking about. But if I say I hooked up with somebody, it leaves room for interpretation. And so that's why if I, you know, not <laughs> if things escalate. <laughs> yes, happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be like, oh, yeah, we hooked up. I mean, what the one thing I can say about this is I feel like it's all about time. I mean, time kind of heals everything. Um, so I wouldn't right away go for guy number one. I would maybe let things kind of fade out with guy number two if she really doesn't want to pursue that and then go back, you know, eventually kind of work my way up to going on a date with guy number one. And I'm I'm assuming, too, the only way that you're going to that she's going to see either one of these guys is if she hangs out with one of her friends and her boyfriend again. Mm -hmm. Right. So, I mean, unless she exchanged numbers with one of them, um, which if you did, if you exchange numbers with both of them, guy one and guy two, then obviously sit back and see Mm -hmm. who texts you. Because I'm sure that, I mean, who knows? Sometimes guys don't talk about hookups, you know? So, yeah. so the, the guy one might not even know. I feel like if they're really close friends and then guy number one started seeing the girl, then... Then it would come then out. Of it course. would come out. And you, I, I think as if, if say like things do escalate with guy number one, I think as the emailer, whoever this is, I think you should address that, you know, fairly early on because it's yeah. far better coming from your lips than it is her friend, right? Mm-hmm. Be, uh, excuse me, his friend, because it would be far worse. Like if I was talking to a guy and I was like, oh, I just started seeing this girl, we went on a couple of dates and he's like, oh yeah, who is it? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, dude, we totally hooked up like that night mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. I, I would kind of be like, oh, what? Mm-hmm. But if she told me on the first couple of dates, it was like, listen, I want you to know, I want you to hear it coming from me that this did happen. I'd be like, okay, that's respectable. That's okay. It's not like, yeah. you know, I've hooked up with people in the past too. We've all been there, but I'm glad that you were truthful with me because it makes me trust you more yeah. rather than hearing it from a guy and being like, well, who else has she hooked up with exactly. that like, yeah, I don't exactly. know about? Yeah, put on her terms as opposed to their terms. Totally. So if my advice would be just kind of, you know, sit back, let it play out. I don't know if you have either one of these guys' numbers or if you do, see who texts you first. If not, you know, definitely make pans. Like, if I were you and you were still interested in guy number one, I would talk to your friend and be like, listen, you know, I hooked up with guy number two, but it just wasn't really there. And I'm still kind of interested in guy number one. If if he is interested, let me know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would just say give it some time because... Right off the bat, going for guy number one after just hooking up with guy number two, it could be seem a little insensitive. Totally. So just give us some time. And if you, I would say if it's only going to be a hookup thing, I wouldn't go for it. But if it's going to be something where you actually see a serious relationship and see something developing, I would, it's, I mean, it's worth it. I mean, love is worth it. It's messy. It's crazy. Um, exactly. But in the end, it's always worth it. Kendall, you're so smart. Oh, thanks.
You smart too. Hey, thanks. <laughs> I'm a smarty. <laughs> You're so smart. We have another one from Anonymous. Maybe the same Anonymous. Oh. Uh, no, a different person. <laughs> it's a, God, who is this Anonymous person? They really get around. <laughs> really get around. Uh, this is about a flirty coworker. Uh, the question I have to ask all y'all's opinion on. It's a little, little long, so I'll stick to the main things. Hope it makes sense. I'm 22. I started working at a company at the end of October. It's mostly dominated by men. A few weeks in, a guy who works in a different department than me reached out to me via work email. My initial thought, nice, small talk, break the ice, friendly coworker message. Every couple days since then, that same coworker messages me. One conversation was about the kind of oatmeal he made at work for breakfast. The next day, I had a package of that oatmeal at my desk. <laughs> Lately, the messages have been a little more personal. None of the messages are ever inappropriate, but what bothers me is that I know he is recently engaged and he knows I'm dating someone. If I knew my boyfriend was messaging a girl at work these kinds of things, it would bother me. So I guess my question is, what do you think this guy is doing? Is this just friendly work friendship conversation? Maybe he's looking for a couple to double date with. Is he being flirty? Okay. Yeah, he's being flirty 100%. I mean, I was for I saw the oatmeal thing and I was like, this is so sweet. He'd be a great husband. And then all of a sudden going to him being engaged and like awful husband. Totally. Especially I mean, if you read. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Go, Kendall. Oh, no, no. I mean, I just for me, it's like this is uh, it's not physical cheating, but it's emotional cheating. Exactly. And the thing is, like, he's definitely like as a guy, you don't really do small talk and banter and flirty with a girl, especially at a, at a work environment, mm-hmm. unless you are like physically interested or looking for something more than just a friendship. I... I, if I were you, I would ask him to shut these messages off. I agree. Um, because it's not fair to your boyfriend or his fiance. Um, and so that would be my advice. Just to go up to him and say, listen, I, I can't talk like this anymore. Like, even if it's just flirty, I can't do this. I don't feel right about it. And uh, and if it, I don't know, do you sh- does she I show almost, her boyfriend? Well, I almost feel like she That's should the question bring up. Right there. Well, have you, I mean, has she brought up her boyfriend in discussions with him? Because well, I think that says, is a form of not being completely open about it. She says he knows I'm dating someone. Well, he knows, but at the same time, there's one thing to know and one thing to like make it like, obvious. Yeah. Like, like I'm in love with mind. my boyfriend. He's amazing. <laughs> yeah, He's the person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. Important. I never want to speak to any other guy again. <laughs> well, it's important to have conversations like that because then you know, they know where you stand. If some people, if they see an opening or see like weakness in the chain, then, you know, maybe they'll take advantage of that. And if you let them know that there is no weakness in the chain, then there's no reason to... You know, I mean, he's shown evidence. He's gone out of his way. Yeah, he's burning know. major calories for this. Like they don't yes. work in the same department. He had to yeah. find her on the work email. This guy is has a goal. Exactly. Totally. Exactly. exactly. I, I mean, I, I would stay clear of that. I would stay clear to that, too. And I would uh, the way I would handle the situation is I would talk to him directly and say, I can't talk to you anymore, at least in this fashion. I mean, I would probably bring up my boyfriend over and over again. And if it still persisted, then I would make a point of saying, like, look, I am in a relationship or maybe don't even answer. Ghost him. Ghost him? It's not about... Yeah. Is that technically ghosting if, I mean, like... I don't think that's ghosting. He deserves the ghosting if he's engaged. No, that's what I'm saying, but I don't know I don't know what the technical terminology of, like, the definition of ghosting is, but this is just more of, like, shutting it off. Yes, shutting it off. Exactly. All right, we have consensus there. Shut off. <laughs> Shut it off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, here's Brian. Finally, not anonymous. Uh, <laughs> Brian, I'm 38, almost 39. I've been divorced for six years. I just joined eHarmony. My friends that are married, their wives tell me how nice of a person I am, and if they were single, they would date me. My question is, what can I do to be more appealing to women? I have a good heart. I like to make people laugh. I work. I just don't know what I'm doing wrong. Thanks, okay. you have a new regular listener. I mean, my opinion is that the, what he's doing wrong is he's thinking that it's something that he's doing wrong. Because mm-hmm. it's not necessarily what he's doing wrong. It's just maybe he just hasn't met the kind of person that he meshes with. 
It's all about timing. It's all about, you know, what they're going through in their life, what you're going through in your life. And sometimes it just works. Yeah. And I guess I don't know. The problem is, like, I don't know what he's doing right now. Like, he joined, Brian, you joined In Harmony, which is awesome. Um, I think it takes, like, we talked about vulnerability, it's a sign of strength. Like, I think it does take a little bit of a courage to put yourself on a dating site, to put yourself out there. So, good mm-hmm. job. I think that's awesome. Definitely. Uh, I've been on many dating sites. I've been on Bumble, I've been on Hinge, like, I've been all over. Um, so, uh, I yeah, I, I think keep doing what you're doing, man. Like, uh, just keep being, I know it's such a cliche, but keep being yourself. Um, you know, what do you think, Kendall? I don't know. It's, I, it's, it's tough without I any, mean, like, I feel, I like the I like the pattern mm-hmm. of him challenging himself yeah. with doing something like a dating app or dating site. It's already difficult to do that. Um, I think the best way to find people, you know, is kind of through, like, being organic, though. Like, maybe joining clubs that you have something in common or mm-hmm. going to, you know, events or going to certain areas that you love, like museums. Like, uh, start connecting with people that have the same interests as you. Because then that's where you start a real conversation. And I think the best the best relationships start out as friendships. Those are the most intense that I've ever had. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So that's a good idea. Like, whatever your hobby is, maybe join, a, I don't know, a book club, a sporting club, like, whatever. And then you never know who you're going to meet when you're just out there and find a connection and see what yeah. happens. And it's not forcing anything to happen. Yeah. You know, just making it organic. Yeah, just be open to meeting people that way. Exactly. Yep. And I agree with you. I think the best relationships you start as friendships. My my wife, I just married six months ago. We were friends for like oh, eight years. Oh, wow. Oh, that's yeah. great. Definitely. It's, yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, I, I don't know. She's like, no one knows me better than her. And uh, it's it's just great when that can happen, I think. what uh, Was there any like time where like one person was possibly wanting to be in a relationship and it just never crossed that line? Were you... Yeah, well, so we worked together at a movie theater mm-hmm. uh, and um, we were really good friends, really close. And then we um, we hooked up one night. Oh, boy. Early on? Uh, no, we'd been friends for a couple of years. Okay. And I, I had feelings for her and she had feelings for me, but we didn't talk about it. Then one night we're hanging out really late and it was like it was like out of a out of a bad teen comedy. Like it was just like <laughs> a bad it, like nothing really went right uh, yeah. when we were decided to be intimate with each other. And um we were both kind of embarrassed and uh, she sent me a text the next day saying, Hey, like I still, I really like you and I would like to hang out more. And this was, this was a long time ago. I used to have a sidekick. And uh, if you remember those phones, uh, oh, okay, yeah. those things would not get text messages all the time. Oh. It was just, I'd never got that text. Oh gosh. So she thought I wasn't responding to her. I just thought, Oh, oh my God, this is a nightmare for real. This uh, is like my nightmare. <laughs> So we, we went to work the next day and just, just kind of, oh, well, you know, maybe we should just stay friends, I guess. Oh, uh, I didn't know that she felt that way. She didn't know I felt that way. Stayed friends forever. And then we both moved to LA at the same time and started hanging out again. And then I was like, I got to clear the air on something. Wow. <laughs> wow. And um, yeah. And then uh, that's after that, insane. Married. That's straight out of a romantic comedy. It and finds a way, honestly. Love does find a way. It really does. So that's, you know, that's what I want to say to Brian is that it will happen for you. Yeah. You just have to, you know, it does sound like a cliche, but you just have to be yourself. You'll find someone that, that loves you mm-hmm. and is interested in you. And you have to stay positive. Exactly. Because yeah. there is a, I, I do believe in energy and I do mm-hmm. believe that positive vibes that you give off, people will be more attracted. I've never found within myself, like if I'm down for some reason, I, I could never find a date. And then all of a sudden I'm just kind of happy in my own life and just, you know, it just kind of like naturally happens where like women are like, well, why, what are you doing next week? Like we should all hang out. Like I like hanging out with you. And you're like, this is great. <laughs> no, it def- I mean, I think it's infectious. Like your energy, it's, people can feel it. They can tell. And you're more attractive when you have that positivity because people want to be around positive people. Totally. Exactly. And what I like all your friends who are their wives, like, oh, don't they have any friends? They can't like uh, you yeah. know, hook, hook it up. Uh-huh. Hook Brian up. He's a great guy. 
All right, so I, I think we got a they got Brian on the right path. I'm just gonna. I really like that sound effect. Um, so this oh, next gosh. segment before we before we wrap it up here. <laughs> it's uh, real yeah, intense. we just saw God. Looking, there we go. I got a little sneak peek of look. what's to come. And yep. uh, well, that was nice talking to you. Have yeah, <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna do some rapid fire questions. I'm just gonna okay. shout a topic out. No right. thinking. To each of you, just first thing comes to mind. It's <laughs> kind of the story of my life. No yeah. thinking, just do it. Is this like a yes or no, or just like? Just like a quick, like I'm into it. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah. Okay. If, if you if you have some more to explain, love to hear it. But mm-hmm. let's, let, uh, Kendall, start with you. Slide into DMs. Where do you stand? Um, I say I say yeah, go for it. Take a risk, and you never know what kind of connection you'll find. Uh, I agree, definitely a go for it. But just if you slide into a DM, just you know, just start off very easy. Don't no sending go, any uh, inappropriate yeah, yeah, pictures. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh God, the first message. Just be like, hey, how's it going? You know. Yeah, yeah. So just something to ease into the conversation. Exactly. But, but it's okay to do. Yes, totally. I would say so. Oh, I, I 100%. It doesn't matter how you meet them. It matters that you meet them. Exactly. I love that. Love that. Your mom's setting you up. Oh, my, <laughs> you know, my mom's not really, we don't have the same taste in men. Let's just say that. Yeah, my mom yeah. tries to set me up with everybody. She's like, I met this nurse who's blah, 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 blah. And like, it's just, it just rarely ever works out. I mean, who knows? It's, it's my mom though. Like, I'm, you know, I'm never <laughs> going to say try. no. I'll be like, yeah. yeah, mom, of course. Like, you know what's best. Yeah. Or what about setups in general, though? Just anyone setting you up? I really don't like being set up with people. I mm-hmm. like the organic feel. I, I'm, you know, I mean, if I like someone, like I'll make a move. I'm the kind of person that does make moves. But I like friendships first, you know. Yep. So and setups never like. I mean, maybe they do work. I just, in my own personal experience, they just never have worked out. Where yeah. it's like, oh, I know somebody who's perfect for you, and I'm like, uh, they're probably, I'm probably gonna hate them. Why are you dating them? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's wrong with them? Why aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure too. I feel like I'm gonna let the friend down if I don't like the person they set me up with. Exactly. Oh, oh boy. Oh, oh, the if you are setting somebody up though, I think it's far better to maybe not express that. Yes. To be like, hey, I have this friend that you're gonna absolutely love. Instead, why don't you just invite them both a into setting. a group setting? Good don't party. let them know. Be like, just try to be hitch in the moment. Be like, yeah. oh yeah, oh you like that? So does he. You guys should talk. That's and the then best you know, I totally agree. I don't know how often these things happen these days with like social media and everything, but like blind dates. Like... Oh no, I researched the heck out of any potential blind date. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually had someone try to do that. Someone's mom um, came up to me. Um, it was my, my, one of my mom's mutual friends and she, she came up to me and she's like, oh, my son would be really great for you. I'm going to set you guys up. And she's like, I'll just give you his number. I look up the number. I find the Facebook. I oh, the good. Oh, like, here we go. Yeah. No, you, honestly, like social media is a resume. Oh I, oh, I absolutely agree. Even just Googling. It's so funny too, because like, remember the days before phones where it was like, you would, this is a different thing, but uh, like an ex, you drive by their house. And, and like <laughs> now the equivalent of that is like going on their social oh, media yeah. page. And so oh, it's yeah. the same thing when you're first meeting someone, like you have to know everything about them. You want to see what their Instagram looks like, what their Facebook looks mm-hmm. like. Um, it's yeah, hard, it's, if a, it's, it's there, impossible to do a blind date. Oh yeah, if it's there, it's, it's so tempting. Like I, I'm so tempted. There's no way I'm not going to research the person. So there's this girl who I work with and she was, she's like, I'm going on a blind date, like a real blind brave date. Brave soul, brave and, soul. Yeah. She, like, and she meant she hadn't researched him. I thought like, oh, is he actually blind? Like, does he have like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, she was, she's like, it's taking a lot of work, but I have not Googled him. I haven't looked to social media. Wow. So, good for her. It's kind of, it must be fun to be like, I wonder what he's going to look like. Yeah. How do you even know when you walk into the restaurant and you're like, or the bar, wherever they're meeting up and you're like, Okay, I have no idea what this person looks like. So how are you supposed to know? You to, yeah, how how do you know? You do the move where it's like I'm wearing a red rose in my oh, jacket or something. Oh God, you know? <laughs> very mysterious. I have That's, the croissant. Yeah, yes, I'll exactly. be in the corner with a glass of wine. 
Is that what you would say on a blonde date? I'll be the one, I'll be the one in the corner with a glass of wine. I'd probably wear something Smoking a cigar. Crazy. You're only going to see my silhouette. Just <laughs> look up government yeah. secrets or something. We're going to keep this blade. Di- yeah, knock twice on line. the door. I'll know it's you. I definitely, I definitely would probably just wear something crazy. Like you won't be able to miss me. All I'd yeah. say is you won't miss me. I'm the one in the pink tutu. Don't, you'll never don't miss tell, me. You can't even don't even tell them. Just say I, you won't be able to miss me. And then they go in and you have something crazy. Like that's obviously the person. Yeah, but what if you walk in and somebody else is wearing something crazy and you're like, oh no. And then you end up dating that person and you I miss know. the blind date. Love person. finds a way. <laughs> it does. All right. What about sex on the first date? Kendall. Kendall? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to answer this one first. Um, well, I, I say no. Yeah, I'm not the person that does that. I have to get, like I said, like I like being friends with the person first. And for me, I, I'm, I think, ugh, like once I get caught up with that, it's very difficult to avoid. It's very difficult to make the relationship all about that. So I definitely like to wait. Like I like to be friends first. And I, I like the, uh, the building anticipation. Yes, it makes like, it more yeah. fun. It is more fun. Like obviously, there's a line where you're like, okay, I can't build it up any more than it is right now. Yeah. But uh, but definitely, I, I, I like kind of pushing it off a little bit and building up that anticipation. And it's so much better when the person knows you, too. Like, if you know who yeah. they are and they know who you are, um, you can be more sensitive with each other and nobody each other like, and it just makes it so much, you know, Totally. So much Sex better. is so intimate that, like, if you only know somebody for a few hours, it just... I think it naturally is yeah. uh, not worse, but it's just different. That's all. It's different. And if you're looking to be with that person for a long time and have a really strong relationship going down the line, not to say that it hasn't worked before, but in my opinion, I don't think that starts. The, I don't think it starts it to say, oh, I want to have a really long, serious, long term relationship mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. And I agree. And not to say it can't. You can't find someone that you're going to marry by having sex on the yeah. first day with them. I'm not saying that at all because I'm sure there's people that are going to like tweet at me and be like, oh, I'm, I found my husband. We ended up sleeping on the first day. Yeah. But I, I do think majority of the time mm-hmm. it's probably not going to work out. So if you play the odds, yeah. you know, I would I would wait. Yeah, do you have a rule same. like three dates or? Mm, um, I don't know. I, gosh, I would yeah. even like wait a month or something. Yeah. Or a couple months. Like I, I just feel like. The strongest relationships I've had have been the ones where that wasn't even really a factor in the beginning. And then afterwards, it's like, oh, there's a new awesome added bonus where, you know, it's in- and now it's like kind of brings the relationship to like a whole new level. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, definitely. Yeah. It, it's, you know, a lot of people, I feel like it's a little taboo to talk about, but sex definitely changes the relationship. It does. You know, it's just such an intimate and personal experience between two people. How would it not change the relationship in some way? I'm not saying it would make it worse. Yeah. It, most time it makes it better i think but, so <laughs> um but you know um yeah so yeah. i don't know i used to wait a, when i was dating i would wait a month mm. and this one this one time this uh girl took me out to a barbecue place for lunch and she was like we've been dating for three weeks and you haven't tried to have sex with me and i just want to know are you gay <laughs> oh. i was oh like gosh. no I'll, I'll prove you're wrong right as now. you just like <laughs> rip off your clothes as if you're like on yeah. the nba getting off the bench the exactly. rip off right. pants Let's like go. nope i'm ready yeah. <laughs> i was trying to be respectful but uh Anyway, so that's where we stand. Uh, kiss on the first date, though. Oh, I'd kiss on the first date. Yeah. I mean, I think not. I mean, of course, like being physical with someone doesn't necessarily have to be sex, but it's a whole different like dimension of who the person is. Mm-hmm. And I think a kiss on the first date, judge. I mean, depending if it's going really well, and I can actually see another date. Um, I yeah, I'd be curious. I'd want to see if like you can tell if like that physical connection is there with a kiss. Yeah, I try not to kiss on the first date for the simple fact. Yeah, that's yeah. I. I there's. I feel like a lot of times women uh, always want what they can't have, and so oh. I even got a text one time. I went on a date with th- this girl who's very attractive, and um, we went to dinner and we left, and I hugged her goodbye, and and we were texting the next day, and she was like, "I'm actually shocked because 
guys always try to kiss me on the first date. And I think it was like, a l- I think she became more attracted to mm. me for the simple fact that I didn't try anything. I was like, I kind right. of, I mean, I kind of like that. That's a good strategy because you yeah. don't expect, you expect the girl to wait on the first date, but when the guy waits on the, on the first date, it's, it's a little very intriguing. It's mysterious. Like, I like hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does he like me? I think, uh, does he not like me? I think it just, yeah. I, for some reason, I think, at least in my experience, most of the time women find that attractive and I could use as much help as I could possibly get. I mean, help, I suck at dating. So (laughs) if it helps at all, I will do it. But having said that, I'm certainly not against kissing on the first date. Like if it goes great and you guys spend like the whole day together and it's so wonderful and the moment is there, um, take it. Yeah. Take the opportunity. Why not? Mm -hmm. What about dating someone who's a different religion? Oh, I mean, yeah, oh man! I will actually yeah. one of the best relationships I've had. We're still friends. Um, he was Jewish, and I wasn't really raised with religion. Um, I would say maybe Christian. I celebrate Christmas, um, but it was great because I'd be able to celebrate his holidays. He'd be able to celebrate holidays with my family, and it was it was kind of fun oh. to you know experience all that. Totally. Of course you can date someone of the other religion. Yeah. It's like saying, if you're a Democrat, could I date a Republican? Of oh, course I draw the you line could. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> I will kidding. never. Um, <laughs> But no, of course you can date someone who's the other religion. You yeah. just talk about it and you're open. You're like, this is what I believe. And then the person's like, well, this is what I believe. And you're like, no, that's great. We can move past this. You yeah. know, I don't think it it's adds a- so much to a relationship. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I've dated people who are extremely religious. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I just found I was just more so curious about it. I just want to learn about why why they're really into it. Yeah. Um, the one thing would say I'm fine with it, but if the other person wants to have kids and you know raise their family in a certain way with religion, um, I don't believe I can be as hardcore with that. Of course, like it all depends on the individual and how hardcore they are with their specific religion. Yeah. Because yeah. if it is like if it comes down to somebody who's so uh, religious that they're like, well, my kids will only believe in this religion and that is it, then of course that's a completely different conversation. But if you're just you know, if somebody's like, yeah, well, I'm Jewish, but I'm I'm open to dating someone who's Christian. But should I? Of course you yeah. should. Yeah, of course. Uh, at what point do you live with someone? When do you move in with somebody? I don't know. Mm. Two days, three days. <laughs> yeah, uh, a couple hours, maybe yeah, depending, yeah, yeah. On, depending on the weather. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> if it's raining, you got to wait. But if it's sunny, move in. <laughs> oh, I don't I mean I have lived with two of my previous relationships. Um, and I will say that <laughs> since having those relationships, they're amazing. But I would definitely shy away from living with somebody um, until I can feel myself like wanting to marry them for now, just because of my past experience. And you said your longest relationship was 10 months, right? I know. I know. I um, lived with two of them. Yeah, I was young. And I also uh, was getting kicked out of my apartment. Um, okay. <laughs> so oh, there it was very convenient. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was because uh, I lived in San Francisco, which is already very expensive. Um like would share beds with um, like my girlfriends and stuff, like which have rooms and it, it's very expensive. So when it came to a point where I was leaving this one apartment um, because the landlord didn't want to continue it, because there's all this drama, I won't get into that. Um, <laughs> but I ended up, my boyfriend said, hey, do you want to live, like, live with me for a while? And I was like, yeah. And um, I, I mean, the relationship didn't really end that well. So maybe yeah. it was too soon. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if, if you got to put a number on it, I'd probably say about a year. Okay. Uh, I think, right. yeah, I, I think you should probably be with somebody for a, a while before you commit to living with each other. Because mm-hmm. like we talked about with other areas of relationships, living with a, somebody is a huge part. Because um, mm-hmm. if you're going to spend the rest of your life with them, you're you're going to live with them for the rest <laughs> of your life. So, have you ever lived with somebody? Have I? No. Um, so and with a relationship, obviously I've lived with friends, but um, no, I've never lived with anybody that I've dated. Um, obviously, like there's been times where like I'll spend, you know, you know, 
three days at their place, three or four days out of the week. So, you know, you live with them half the time, but still like that other half the time not being with them is a huge part because you're able to kind of decompress and, and almost and miss them. You know, if you're living yes. with somebody, you never miss them. They're there all the time. Yeah. And that's a part of a relationship, that lust factor, that, 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 uh, you know, uh, heart, you know, distance makes the heart grow fonder a little bit. And even if you only don't see anybody for a couple of days, it's just, it's that added little, oh, it's, you know, it's nice to see you. It's really yeah. good to see you. Instead of like waking up in the morning, saying goodbye, coming back at five o'clock in the afternoon, seeing them again, like spending all your time with them. So um, I think that you should really, you know, develop your relationship, grow those feelings, take your time to, um, you know, work on each other and, and make sure that this is a really great foundation before you say, all right, let's let's do this. Let's move in. Because mm, it does change relationship a lot. Yes. Totally. And you have to be aware of that. Like people mm -hmm. who think, well, we're going to move in and nothing's going to change. Don't have that mindset. Well, yeah, like, no, they'll know like. They, they, they can they know like how you organize things or where you're going at all times of the day like every moment even if you're going through your girlfriends so like you said you're gonna be back this time but you're not back till this time and it just adds a lot more complication where if you don't know someone that well and you haven't worked through a lot of problems or worked through things together then it's hard to live up to that expectation of course even just like stupid stuff whether it be like laundry or dishes yeah. like some people are really yeah. bad at laundry <laughs> and like you and then like say you're like if I was bad at laundry and my girlfriend was like, well, this is my pet peeve. You need to make sure they're like washer, dryer, folded in and out. Mm -hmm. Bye bye. I don't want to see any clothes in there. It's like, well, I suck at that. Like I'll do better. But it's just like those little yeah. things that add up. And so, uh, well, yeah. it introduces arguments early on in the relationship that aren't necessarily That's needed. All right. Now. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Don't add any more pressure to a relationship than you already need. Exactly. What about ghosting? Oh, don't ghost somebody. Yeah. I want That's to meet someone mean. who defends ghosting. Like, is there um, someone out there who's into it? Okay. It's I, such, okay. Well, here's my question. What is the, like. Definition of ghosting? Not only definition, but like, say you never met this person. Oh. Say it was like a yeah. dating app. You met, you texted for a while, and then you just, it kind of like just faded away. That's different. And my, my interpretation for ghosting, I'm not sure if I know what this is exactly, but my definition would be ghosting someone is you make plans and then you don't show up or you cancel last minute or is that ghosting or you just don't call someone? Well, I think ghosting would be like if you make plans and you just don't show up without letting them know. That would be ghosting, right? If you tell someone like, hey, I'm so sorry, like I can't make tonight. That's not ghosting. Yeah. That's just canceling plans. Yeah, that's, that's flaking. What's the Urban Dictionary <laughs> definition of ghosting? Yeah, yeah. Can you use it in a <laughs> sentence, please? <laughs> The definition is uh, the act of suddenly ceasing all communication with someone the subject is dating but no longer wishes to date. This is done in hopes that the ghostie will just get the hint and leave the subject alone as opposed to the subject simply telling them they're no longer interested. So would it be ghosting if somebody like it's like you, you maybe you met somebody and you guys went on a date and didn't really go that well. And then like a week never later, she texted like, say I text her and I'm like, hey, what's up? And she never responds. Is that ghosting? I think that's ghosting. That's ghosting. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Sh <laughs> no, but I will admit, um, I have, uh, I've ghosted before. Yeah, I, I have. have. I've ghosted I before. Have. I'm not, I, it's, I hate it and I hate myself for saying it, but I've, it's never been bad. Like I've never like, like, you know, been with somebody and just been like, all right, well, I'm never texting them, you know, back again. But it's, you know, there's been situations where like, yeah. Mm, I blame it on the saturation of people, like especially living in a city. There's so many people, mm -hmm. so many, you know, first dates you can go on and sometimes it's overwhelming and you don't want to have to deal with a mini breakup. It's a mini breakup, you know? It's and, exactly what it is. And you yeah. know, it's so sad. Like sometimes I'll keep those text messages in my phone. Cause like, I'm like, if somebody texts me and I'm just, I don't text them back right away. I'm like, all right, I'll text mm -hmm. them back later. And then all of a sudden like a week goes by and you're like, Oh, I never texted them back. And then like, all right, well now it's kind of awkward if I text back. So like, maybe I should wait. I was like, I don't know why my thought, my mind would go to this, <laughs> but then like I scroll, like sometimes I'll scroll through my text messages just to make sure I'm like all caught up. 
And then I'm like, oh my God, I never texted them. And that was months ago. And like, yeah. now I can't text them yeah. back. Because that's even- <laughs> Too much time has passed. On it, it's like worse to be like, hey, I'm so sorry. I'm a jerk. <laughs> and not interested. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, it's honestly, a buddy of mine actually went through this where one time he didn't go, he did, he ghosted a girl, but he said there was this, I won't discuss the details of it, but there's something happened. And he was like, I can't tell her why I don't like her because she is mm -hmm. asking me. And I'm like, I don't have the heart to tell her because I feel like it will scar her for the rest of her life. Ooh. So he's like, I'd rather be the jerk. I'd rather her, have her hate me uh -huh. than me tell you this. Yeah. And I'm like, like, so curious. It was just like, an, you know, something that he just was like, I just did something. Ha I can't get over it. I'm never yeah. going to be able to get over it. And like, it's better if she just hates me and moves on. And I'd rather be the jerk rather than me like, because apparently like he was like, she was kind of like blowing up his phone. But like, why aren't mm. you talking to me? And he was like, just, I would just say, don't feel it. I mean, I, I know, don't know. That's, I mean, honestly, yeah, he yeah. handled it. Sounds it sounds that persistent. Totally. Just be like, you're not my person. Yeah. I think, you know, something along those lines. I found like, other love elsewhere. Don't even, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I would just be like, listen, it just wasn't there for yeah. me. You're all, you know, I don't know. Yeah. What about breadcrumbing? This is a new concept. Yeah, what is, I saw that and I was like, I mean, I like breadcrumbs. Like Hansel but I, and, not Hansel and Gretel, what's yeah, you. Oh yeah, yeah it's Hansel Gretel. Yeah, they leave yeah. the trail of breadcrumbs. So it's when oh, you. Oh, it's like being yeah. teased. When you date someone and that person is an old witch and they want to cook you and eat you. That's what oh, breadcrumbs. No, oh, perfect. Perfect. Yes. I, I like. Uh, if I had a nickel for every time. <laughs> As I understand it, I being involved with the Hell It's Like a Dating podcast, I've heard it come up a few times. Breadcrumbing mm -hmm. is like keeping someone kind of on the line, like oh. every not totally ghosting them, yeah, just yeah, like yeah. appearing every now and again, like. They'll text you. Maybe you don't respond a couple times and then you text them and be like, oh, hey, I, I saw this cloud that reminded me of you or something oh, like that. And just that's ugh. I mean, that, honestly, I think the intention with really that, bad. the intention with that is to not hurt the person. But in reality, you're actually stringing them along and hurting them more know, because you're giving them false hope. And that's where I go back to like everybody judging a situation and being like, you're oh, this is horrible or that, you know, it's like, well, why don't you put yourself in these shoes? Exactly. Why don't you go through what we're going through right now and tell me how you would handle it? Mm -hmm. You know, because there's really no good way. You can justify it, everything if it's yourself. Of exactly. Course. And you can justify, you know, I mean, I don't, I'm never mind. I won't get down that path. But, Ooh, bread, um, are you breadcrumbing right now? No, no, no. No <laughs> breadcrumbs. Um, I hate breadcrumbs. <laughs> Just loaves. Gluten free. Gluten free. Over here. But uh, I don't know. That's so tough because I feel like it's on both people in all honesty. Like if somebody's throwing out so many hints mm -hmm. and you're somewhat getting it, like if you get the feeling that somebody's not into you, then especially after a while, they're, they're probably not into you, you know? Well, if you like someone, I feel like you want to see the more positive side of it. You convince yourself that, oh, maybe this is it. Maybe the person is sick. Maybe. So, but I mean, you're convincing yourself of it, no, even of though you know the truth is that they probably don't like you. Yeah. And so that's the hard part. It's like accepting it on both sides. Yeah. So uh, it's tough, right? Because one person wants to be nice. If one person's more into, uh, you know, somebody else than they are back, it's just, it's hard, right? Because you're like, well, if I completely ghost them, I'm a jerk. Or if I completely tell them that I'm not, I don't like them, I feel I feel like a jerk because mm -hmm. I'm just killing them. Yeah. So, I, you know, I'll, I'll just send out a lot of hints so they know. And so the other person gets the hints, but sometimes they just, they don't accept it. I don't know. It's a really, it's a gray area well, that really, I don't think there's a right answer. So if you put a shoe, the, the shoe on the other foot and someone does answer your text messages every now and then and they are answering it, I'm not sure if I would even realize I was being bread crumbing or whatever it's called. I don't even think I would realize that. I'd be like, oh, we talk every now and then, you know, maybe it'll be, but I don't know if I would be aware. Yeah, but that's fine as well. As long as you were, 
like you would I, i'm assuming you wouldn't be that invested if somebody was breadcrumbing and you were like they text you back every couple days yeah and you'd be like well it's just kind of fluff right now like we'll see if anything happens from it yeah but if somebody's like oh my god they texted me back they definitely love me like they were gonna <laughs> this is definitely gonna it's all be the emojis. something don't send heart emojis especially as a guy i think maybe i don't know i don't want to judge on a yellow heart does a yellow heart emoji mean friendship i had someone send me a yellow heart emoji recently are there different color heart emojis yeah yeah, there's like oh, I think four I knew, no, I knew that. Does red mean like that's love? But if it's yellow, because I know yellow with flowers is friendship. I was about to say yeah, orange uh, is passion. I yeah. know that one. Oh, so if you do an orange heart, I've gotten the blue heart from friends before. Okay, I think blue is very friendly. Yeah, yeah. So is green. Super... Green's extremely friendly. Red is romantic. Red's romantic. Yeah. So if you purple? send a red, purple, possibly mm-hmm. shade. You know, there's there's hope. <laughs> It could develop into red. I don't know. I, I think with breadcrumbing, it's such a gray area. I'm yeah. not sure if there's a right or a wrong answer to that. Yeah. Well, let's let's do two more, and then we'll okay. wrap this up. Uh, sexting. Uh, sexting. Okay. Honestly, I feel like it depends if you're in a committed relationship. Just, Hell yeah, you have to. I mean, it's yeah. fun to sext somebody. Of course. Like I, like I don't know. I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's 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 like. Being, you know, part of being be in a relationship. Flirty, be fun. Like, there's yeah. nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Unless the CIA or FBI is looking at your text messages. Uh, they probably are. So, oh like. gosh. Well, isn't there a way you can, like, hide your incoming messages so people can't see what it actually says? I don't know. But I, I, I highly <laughs> doubt they really care yeah. about. I don't like, have that on my phone now, but I feel like I should. <laughs> not that I, I mean, not, I mean, currently I don't have to worry about that. But maybe later down the line, if I'm in a relationship, I'll hide it. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> okay, and now, finally soulmates do they exist um what do you guys think i think you can fall in love with more than one person i agree yeah you can have multiple soulmates maybe multiple soulmates yeah Yeah. of course i think there are people in this world that you are very compatible with and i think there are people in this world that you have certain connections with that you don't have with other people um and so if people want to identify that as a soulmate sure but i don't think that you can find i don't think necessarily you just find that in one person um, but I think also being aware of that would probably make whoever you're with a, a stronger relationship because God forbid you're in a relationship with somebody and then you meet this other person that you have a connection with as well. And you're like, well, what if they're my soulmate too? Like, well, who is my actual soulmate? I'm so confused instead of being like, no, I, yeah, you can have a connection with somebody else while being in a relationship with somebody that you're strongly committed with. Yeah. Here's uh, an interesting tangent. Sure. We can talk about whether you're a monogamous person or maybe more of a, um, just like one-on-one person. Because I actually read a study recently where they studied in lizards that there are certain proteins that are in the DNA where um, certain lizards will have a short form of of this protein. It means they're more monogamous, whereas um, if you have a long form of this protein, it means that you um, more so would like to have multiple partners. And I think that's that's found in humans as well. Biological. Yeah, it's a biological thing. So, you know, I don't know. I was recently talking about this and I thought it was interesting. Totally. And I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, if if you're into that totally be into that but having said that i just think like as long as you're not hurting anybody of course you it's know, about honesty to, and communication. it's about honesty exactly. and communication totally so if everybody's involved and they're like totally like we don't mind being with other people totally go the for it absolutely world is kind of like that in some sense to a certain in a extent. weird way but if you're you know if you're in a committed relationship you're like well this is one-on-one for me then uh, of course i i think yeah. with the soulmate um yeah it's just that like intangible thing that is very hard to describe that you have with somebody yeah now will you only find that once no so if you break up with somebody and you found you, you think that they're your soulmate you might find that with somebody else um so i necessarily don't think there's only one person out there for you having said that i do think there is this certain quality that you know you don't find in everybody and that's what love and and if you want to call it your soulmate is then totally go for it yeah thanks so much for coming in you guys thanks for having Thank us you uh, for this having is us. great yeah. yeah it's been so much fun so much fun <laughs> getting to know you guys uh this has been help i suck at dating 
Uh, if you have a, an email you'd like to send, uh, send it to help. I suck at dating at iheartmedia.com. Mm-hmm. Special thanks to uh, Sheree Healy, the life coach we talked to. You can check out her website, sheriehealy.com. That's C H E R I E H E A L E Y.com. She was so awesome. Uh, do you guys have any hit them up, hit you up on Twitter? Wait, wait, where do you um, want to tell people to go? I don't know. All the social media. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, on Twitter, I'm Haben underscore Jared, H-A-I-B-O-N underscore J-A-R-E-D. On Instagram, it's just at Jared Haben. And my Instagram is at uh, KeyKendall88. And my Twitter is, I think it's just Kendall Patrice, at Kendall Patrice. I mostly tweet about like Patriots uh, movies and Rob Thomas though. So, you know, it's probably not the best follow, but hey, if you like those three things, you're going to love me. <laughs> I, know, I tweet about like bugs and science Ooh. and and, uh, you know, there's some Bachelor stuff in there. There we go. Yeah, there's always some Bachelor stuff Oh, yeah, there. you got to I mean, sneak it in there. Duh. <laughs> awesome. Well, <laughs> thanks so much, you guys. This has been Help I Suck at Dating, and next week uh, we'll suck less or something. I don't know. 